When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Welcome, welcome. I am excited to have Paulette Perhatch here. She is an author and writing coach with work in the New York Times, Elle Weiss, Marie Claire, Yoga Journal, and McSweeney's Internet Tendency. Her book is Welcome to the Writer's Life, uh, which was selected as one of the poets and writers' best books for writers. She continues to write about writing craft, business business skills, uh, personal finance, and joy at welcometothewriterslife.com. Okay, I had to put some oomph in there because I had to read it. Okay, so welcome, welcome, Paulette. Great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Okay. So we, we, so you're a writer and then you write for um, some publications. You were talking about um, writing for the podcast, um, Stacking Benjamins. So they, mm-hmm. they talk about investments and whatnot. So, you know, this world of investing, investing the women um, who are listening to this. So what, like, what got you into writing? Like, why do you think it's important? I'm kind of curious from that angle, because my, my feeling for women in financial services, that there's not enough emphasis on really owning and having their own voice. Um, and mm-hmm. that it's, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll even send newsletters that our company has like these pre-approved materials to send. And like, nobody wants to read that stuff. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know how they're still in business. So, I mean, I think they need to get creative and have a voice, but yeah, tell us a little about your journey and then why you think it's important for this industry. Yeah, absolutely. So I certainly started as an artist and a writer and kind of backed into entrepreneurship and personal finance and kind of the money world. And I think that a lot of people who start in the money world need to like back into creativity uh, to meet their goals because there's, there's so much work that they do together. And so, you know, I was very typical, just, you know, middle school yearbook, high school yearbook, journalism degree. And I had a story on women and money go viral in 2016. And that really kind of scooped me into the personal finance world in a way I never expected. And I've learned so much and it's been great to also teach so much to people who, you know, have, are are passionate about helping people. And if you can't get someone's attention, you can't help them. And if you sound just like every single other person, or you seem just like an organization, you're not going to get their attention. So I think it's essential for everyone to learn those skills of, uh, of storytelling. That's awesome. So I'm really curious about this first article that went viral. So what, what was it? I mean, women and money, obviously it was about, but what was the angle that you think, why do you think it got so much attention? 
Um, can I cuss on your podcast? Oh yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so it yes. was called the story of a fuck off fund. It's called the story of a fuck off fund. And it was about how every woman should have enough money to tell someone to fuck off if the fuck off is deserved. <laughs> and I think a lot of women know what it's like to not have enough money to tell someone to fuck off. Damn. This just got crazy right now. I don't think I've really sworn, <laughs> sworn much on this podcast because, you know, there could be the like higher ups on the corporate going like, should we have her come speak? And not if she drops the F-bomb, but we've, we've taken it to another level. I like it. So it was about the fuck off fund so that you need to have enough mm-hmm. money so that you can tell someone fuck off. Okay. That's really interesting because one of my, one of my clients, she's now one of my best friends. Her name's Lisa Chastain. She's a money coach in Las Vegas and quite, quite big in that, in that niche now. Um, for millennial women actually. And she was married to a guy when we first started working together and he was an alcoholic. He was not pulling his weight financially at all. She even like, she used to be, um, kind of in, uh, academic, like academia. She, she worked for a university and then she decided to go become a financial advisor. And her friend was like, Oh yeah, come to my firm. Like, all you got to do is this, just follow these steps and it'll work. And she struggled for three years and basically, um, you know, to exhausted her whole retirement account because she was paying not only to run the business, but she had to take care of the family because her fuck off husband was fucking off. Right. (laughs) And like, he wasn't really doing anything to support and help. And she never felt like she could leave because she felt like she had, like he was helping to some degree. I mean, there was some income coming in for sure. And she felt like she, she couldn't stand on her own feet financially to then be able to take off. So it just reminds me of that because she started making money. She made about mm-hmm. 128,000 in the first year we worked together. And then she essentially said, fuck off. And she left. <laughs> so mm-hmm. and we never put it that way, but since you brought it and now we can drop F bombs like crazy. Um, that was exactly what happened is like, she had enough money that she could now feel confident and convicted that she mm-hmm. could stand on her own two feet. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, sh- I, I think maybe I should try writing something like just, just with the F bomb, just so I can see if that's what the reason it went viral. Mm-hmm. But obviously, no, it was, it was just that people resonated with that or women resonated with that so much. That's amazing. So, and I want to go back a step because I, I totally agree with you. And it's funny because I, I used to be a singer songwriter. Um, so I was mm-hmm. a creative, you know, first two. And, and then like the thought mm-hmm. of becoming a financial advisor was like ridiculous to me. It was just like, I, I got this interview and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be a financial advisor. You know, I, I used to be a singer songwriter. I'm looking for a real job, but come on, let's not be crazy. Um, and then I went in for interview practice thinking like, I might as well get interview practice and ended up becoming a financial advisor and, and kind of the rest is history. But, but having that, I think most women, um, they, they're great at the relationship side and, most mm-hmm. women who are successful in the industry, it's not because they're good at math and it's not because they're good at crunching numbers, but a lot of what is being taught to recruit women is like, oh, you're good at math. You're good at crunching numbers. Like, why don't you think about the financial industry? But it's bringing that creativity, like you said, and, and the relationship, the nurturing side to the industry, which is why we need so many women. So um, mm-hmm. what, like, I guess for writing, because I don't know how much you know about the, I, I would assume because you write for these publications, you know about the compliance issues and all that, but How would you say like a woman in the financial services industry with compliance and all that, like how can she start writing and, and using her voice to attract these clients? You said, if you can't get attention, you can't, you can't help anyone. So talk more about that Mm -hmm. and how you can incorporate the writing side of it and how to write in a way that will get the attention they want. Yeah. So I think really understanding um, one idea I love from uh, Michael Porter is, um, is that you have to understand and decide who you're going to disappoint. 
right? So I am going to disappoint people who don't want writers to use the F-bomb. And I'm going to disappoint clients who, you know, want me to be available 24-7 and want someone who's very serious and write that very academically, right? And there are those kind of writers. So really kind of understanding your style and your style is really your brand. Um, I was explaining branding to a friend who speaks Spanish and I was like, I don't know. It's like, I'm like, it's like tu estilo. I'm like your style, you know? And I kind of hated the word like branding and personal branding. And I was like, oh, but it's just like, it's your personality. It's the best of your personality expressed um, for your business. And so thinking about what makes you special, what makes you different. Um, you know, I have a friend, I'm a writing coach and I have a friend who's a writing coach as well. And I absolutely do not feel like we're competitors because she is so fierce and that's her whole thing. And I'm more of like, the like, you're doing great. Like, come on. I'm more the emotional side. Right. And she's a very pragmatic, like fierce side. So, you know, and we're both, and the people who need one or the other are going to find us. Right. But if I come out and I try to please every single person, then I'm not really going to please anyone that much. So it's, it's, you know, and this is really the, the basics of, um, you know, of marketing are really to decide your niche. And it, it can feel very weird because you're like, well, I'm like cutting off business. But actually, you know, I think almost every marketing book I've read has said like, you have to be willing to like, to slice, to get your slice of the pie and be like, queen of this tiny slice is the best way to go about it. Girl, you are so speaking my language. This is so good. What I love about what you said is, the first thing you just said is you got to be, you got to think about who you're willing to disappoint. Like quote, mm-hmm. I'll have Paulette here, but that is so huge because I usually talk of it, talk about it like the second half of what you just said, the opposite way. Like, who do you want to attract? Who's the person? And I mm-hmm. have this whole idea of cloning. So like, if I wanted writers, I might think, okay, I want, I want to have more Paulette's Paulette is amazing. Like, what do you know about Paulette? And I'll start thinking about you and you're a writer and you write for publications and also a writer's coach and like all these things. So I start thinking about that and I'm like, okay, I want more writers, coaches. And it just so happens. You also know someone who's also a writer's coach. Like you said, there's no competition. Same thing with financial advisors, you know, women, especially like that's a whole other subject, but and come back to there's no competition, but it's like, if I want to clone you, I think of it as a cloning thing. I'll, I'll just think mm-hmm. of you and the criteria about you and, and the things you love and, and what would resonate with you. And then I can clone you. But, and then I talk a lot about actually how the number one fear women have is the fear of judgment. Like we're really just afraid mm-hmm. of what people think. And I'm so scared of what you're going to think about me that I won't put myself out there because I don't want you to not like me or to think I'm pushy. It's not even about liking me. It's like, I don't want to think I mean, I'm, pushy. Like, I'm pushy. I feel like because in our history, our very survival depended on what people think of us. And that's true to some degree for men, but I think for even more for women when we had no rights to earn our own money. And so it mattered. Our social relationships were our access to capital. And so we had to care so much. We've been ingrained to care so much. And so it is very freeing to be like, I do not do this kind of work. You are going to be absolutely disappointed working with me. I hope you find who you need. Good day. (laughs) I love that though. I love that angle because it also sets you up to be like, get the sting up front, right? It's like, it's like, who, who can I disappoint? Who, 
Who's going to not like what I say? What can I say that will mm-hmm. actually repel someone from wanting? Cause we're, I'm usually mm-hmm. thinking how to attract, how to attract, how to attract. And I, and I think totally. that way too, that like, I'm willing to, I always say this, like, I'm willing to have people not like me for the sake of transformation. Like, I don't care if you like me, if I, even if it's my client, like if you get mad at me because I'm pushing you in a way that I know is going to serve you, I'm okay with you being mad, being mad at me for mm-hmm. a minute, because if I can change your life, I'm willing. But when mm-hmm. it really comes down to like attracting my client, it's like, okay, I'm totally fine with those, those people not liking me, but it's like that disappointment. Like I like thinking of it that way. That's really great. Love that. Love that. Okay. Give me more. What else you got? So, you know, I, well, I just think like as a poor, you know, recovering people pleaser, I think it's definitely, um, it's just good to know, like the game, the jig is up. Like you're never going to please everyone. So you might as well like really step into it. Um, it reminds me of a, I'm working on a novel and the word labiaplasty is in the first paragraph. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Like when that like happened in my mind and the way that it happened, I was like, I'm so glad the word labiaplasty is in the first paragraph. Cause it's like, get ready. Like if you're like, what? And you're tur- like, this is just your sign. This is your big red flag to oh put this gosh. book down. If this is not your kind of book, but this is the kind of book this is going to be. So, you know, and then even on like dates and things like that, like I'll throw out some kind of crazy wacky joke. Cause I'm like, okay, this is who I am this is what you're getting into. Like, are you ready? Like not trying to back out. Um, I love that. Cause you so turn it really into a game. Just, like you kind of yeah. are playing with it and you're like, who, who can I piss off in the first paragraph of this? So that those, those jerks who are going to end up being pissed off at me anyway, just get the F out, like get the fuck out of here. Like yeah. you're going to, you're going to hate me anyway. Like, let's just, let's just rip off the bandaid. Let's do it. I like that. Yeah. So having people who are either like all the way in with you, there's some people who are going to read that and be like, Oh my God, I can tell this is going to be exactly my kind of book. And so, you know, with that, I think, just really encouraging people to like have fun with it and be creative and express who you are in every single kind of way in every email, like even down to the font you use on your email, right? Like who thinks about that? Let's think about that. Don't just use Arial, like use something creative and show people that you provide a different kind of experience. So I think just kind of kicking it up a notch. Um, I used, um, my friend, uh, Bethany works for branding and she's amazing. And she helped me with colors and things like that. Um, but really just, just considering your, uh, how you provide service as a creative expression and really thinking about like, how do I want to create an experience for people that reflects who I am and the kind of, uh, service I can provide. Yeah. It's, it's bringing up like another, another woman I'm thinking about her name's Jessica Weaver. And she's so like, financial advisor, you know, she'd wear like the black blazer with her bun in the hair, in her, her hair in a bun. And just very much like, I will be as I'll try to maybe, maybe people won't notice I'm a woman, (laughs) you know, like I'm going to try to be as, as, as straight laced as everybody else is. And then she broke free of it. Like we started to really get clear on who she wanted to attract. And she, and then she Mm. just like, it was the end. Like she now, um, she Mm. created a a holiday, a national holiday called uh, national pink fix day, because it was like for retirees, they get their pink fix that represented actually retirement being fun as opposed to retirement being like, oh my gosh, like I got to, now I'm going to have this money. Will it last me the rest of my life? What am I going to do? And she has a a blog called not your father's advisor. So she just went like all in, she wears pink lipstick. She has pink purses. You know, she's like really into Mm. pink but it represents something and she's like just has that same type of attitude and and like 
I don't need everybody to like me. Like I know who I am. Like, I, and not everybody mm-hmm. knows that they know who they are. I think it's like hard for people sometimes, but if we let go of the judgment, if we can, it, I think it, it's more like, I don't know who I am because I'm afraid of what someone's going to think of me. And if you could just say, well, who can I disappoint? I'm going to go back to your line. Like, I love that. Who can I disappoint? Who can I like get out, out of the mix already? Like who, who can I like say, don't work with me from the get go. So I only attract the people who I really want to attract. And then I can, and then I'm free to be me. And, and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, whatever that means will start to shape. So um, do you think it's important for financial advisors to write a book? I think it can be a great way to get clients and, you know, show your style and show your expertise and kind of get some, um, you know, it's basically when I wrote my book, you know, someone told me like, your book is your business card. And so, you know, now that I'm a writing coach, it is like, okay, if you want to know what I'm about, what I believe this is, you can find it all here in my book. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause we, we definitely, I mean, I have a lot of advisors. They don't necessarily start writing the book. My husband teaches this thing, how to, how to write the right book and actually how to use your book as your most powerful marketing plan, like to launch the book, pre-launch the book before it even exists, you know, so you can start getting Mm -hmm. clients with it. Um, So we have so many of our clients who are um, they're, they're starting the book with the book idea. And we're even doing this interview thing so that they can start attracting the right people. And then, and then the book kind of takes shape. It's easier to even write the book because you know who Mm -hmm. it's for and you've talked to so many people like that. But um, I agree with you. Like how many, if you, if you took, 10 advisors. And, and let's say, you know, you're saying someone successful is thinking who, and usually it's not 10, let's just say three, three advisors. Who do I want to work with here? Let me see your business card. There's a business card and it's in the shape of, you know, your typical rectangle, normal white business card or blue business card with whatever on it. And then you got one that's a little bit more interesting. That's a square and it has some different colors on it. And you're like, well, I don't know if it resonates with me, maybe. And then somebody has a freaking book, like, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I'll take the one with the book before I even read the book, because it seems like that person is more credible, credible off the bat. So I, I agree mm-hmm. with you. Like that would be, that's amazing, which is why, you know, we also do that with our clients as well. Um, I, and I don't, I'm trying to think like what else would be really beneficial for, for these women listening. But, um, do you have, I don't know, be, I guess I was going to say about compliance, but again, I don't know how much you know about the compliance, but, um, Anything that you've experienced, like with helping advisors with the whole compliance issue, like oh, I can't write or I can't be creative. I mean, I think it's about a bunch of bullshit. But what do you what do you think? Yeah, no, I you know I don't really have um, a whole lot of the background on that. But I think you know one thing that can help is just starting a blog because you know a blog is just uh, a page of a book. <laughs> so, you know the blog that I have uh, at Welcome to the Writer's Life. I just consider my first copy of my you know my first draft of my next book. So I Welcome, think it's just good it to start like, practicing. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the writer's, writer's life. Life. Cool. Com. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, I think that within, within the boundaries that they have to follow, um, being as creative as possible and kind of, you know, just um, going at it with an attitude of joy rather than an attitude of fear. How do you oh, get over cat. this? Like, how do you, uh, people think they don't know what to write about? Like, how do you coach someone on like, mm-hmm. I thought I heard something. It's a cat. <laughs> I thought it was a baby. It's a cat. Okay. You weren't just like, me and I put it in my lap back in the back. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so how do you get over this writer's block thing? Or like, I don't know what to write about. Um, and 
is there a process because you're a writer's coach? So I'm sure that happens a lot with people. People think they have writer's block because it's a thing. So I got to have writer's block. Right. But how does that uh, come oh, no. up? No, it's not a thing. You can always write. Um, I think just like conversations with people, there's a great book called ask that helps, you know, find out you, you basically ask your clients, like, what is your biggest hurdle? And also like, what is the thing that, what's your dream that you're trying to get to? And there's so many ways to discuss that. Um, I think by reading a lot, you'll get ideas about what to write about, keeping up with news, you know, reacting to the news that's going on, putting your spin on it. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk is a great person to follow who teaches you how to make content, content, anything. And so, yeah, just, um, you know, I, come from a reporting background and yeah, there's uh, there's no writer's block in at, at a newspaper. So I, I've never seen it. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, Julia Cameron, who's a very artsy person, she encourages something called morning pages, which are just three pages that you write every morning of just like absolute, just brain dump. Um, and if you start doing that every morning, I can almost guarantee you'll come up with something. Yeah. Again, I really think it comes back to the fear. Like, it's like, is this going to be good? Mm -hmm. What are people going to say? What the comments going to be like? I I would also just add to that, that just grab one of your opinions, like take an opinion, like what are your beliefs Mm -hmm. about something? And like you said, it could be an article. It could be about something that's going on. And especially those of you guys who are concerned about compliance, don't think it has to be a financial blog. Like it doesn't have to be anything financial. Now you can have an opinion about taking action that has nothing to do with money, but has everything to do with money. You can talk about, mm-hmm. you know, communicating with your, your kid, right. Your, your have how you had to communicate with your, your son, who's only four years old and explain to him how important it is to sleep at night. Is that something I, I had to go through maybe? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. Um, but, and you could write about that and the, how the challenges of how, how you have to actually create boundaries and how does that show up? Right. And that, that could be something mm-hmm. to do with money because so many of, of the women I work with, they're like, Oh yeah, but compliance, compliance, compliance just doesn't want you to say, you know, things about things like within the financial industry, like mutual funds and stuff and start guaranteeing things or talking about products all the time. But mm-hmm. when, it, when you actually get creative, they're just lazy. Sometimes compliance is lazy. They want to deal with it, but like, you just got to keep pushing the envelope and like, like have a voice, have a voice. Like I, 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 yeah, I, I say like, you know, really look at like the rules, you know, study them closely, know them and just, you know, follow what the rules say. Follow the rules. I think fear comes from like a lack of understanding, you know, but when you really understand like, okay, what are the real boundaries I have to stay within? There's probably a lot of options within there. Right, right, right. And that's a good question. Like we usually say like, well, what has to happen for me to write a book? Like I did have one client who she's at Thrivent, uh, one of the advisory firms. And they said, you can't write a book. Like that's ridiculous. Like you can't write a book. And I said, so don't get that approved. Like for right now, let them like, let let them be in the art, you know, like the, the, be totally archaic or whatever. But I said, can you write a blog? Just like you said, like, or can you write an article? Some of them, mm-hmm. they say they can't write a blog because people comment and stuff like that, but you can write an article. I said, so go write an article, yeah. get an article approved. And then you have 10 of them, just like you said, and before you know it, it's a book. And I'm like, are they really going to say, no, you can't, you can't bind it and you can't put a title on yeah. it, <laughs> but like every word inside is approved. Um, so we got to get creative. Um, and also like, I mean, with, with blogs, you can be like, I'll turn the comments off. You don't have to have comments on, on yeah, a blog. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, tell them like any other last piece of advice and then definitely tell us where we can find you. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, a, I'm around if people have questions. Um, my email is Paulette at Paulette and I am at uh, welcome to the writer's life.com. 
Cool. It's, I just going to repeat that because it's a little hard to hear you sometimes, but so it's Paulette okay. at Paulette Perhatch, P-E-R-A-H-A-C-H, right? Did I do the right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Mm-hmm. And then say it one more time, your, your website. Welcome to the writer's life.com. Welcome to the writer's life.com. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Any last tidbits, any, anything you want to send them on their way with? Uh, you know, I think, um, do it all in the service of helping people and let that be your guide. And I think you'll figure it out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time on growing your financial business, the woman's way. Bye. Are you getting all the quality prospects on your calendar that you'd like? If not, join us in the appointment generator challenge. Go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for free. We guarantee you'll get five quality appointments in five days if you follow this system and you can do it from online. You don't even have to pick up the phone. Whether you're just starting, whether you've been in the industry three to five years or even 30 years, this challenge will be perfect for you. Check it out, femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for absolutely free. Can't wait to see you there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.